What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Pure Eve on the Mate Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Eve Letty, and I got a really exciting show for everybody. Somebody I've been trying to get on here for a very long time. It's a legend. We got Matt Horwich joining us. What's going on, champ? How you doing? I'm uh, doing good. God bless the multiverse, heroes, champions, warrior princesses, dolphins, puppies, Hobbit birds, crows, uh, someone's going to be pissed off. I forgot about them. Everything we know and don't know about in the God's wonderful multiverse. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, let me let me start with this, because me and you have been texting back and forth for the past, what, like three days, I think? Yeah. So I've yeah, been about three days. I've been watching you for so long. Even interviews you've done, you know, with Tenth Planet or over at Legends. I've watched your fights. I've cried to your walkouts. But what sets you apart, man, is you seriously are the realest person I've literally ever followed. Somebody that like you know, a lot of my listeners know I love taking acid. I'll even sit down, take a couple of of tabs and watch the fights and just see the beauty and the art of it. And there was one interview that you did which really fascinated me as a musician. Um, you know, going into a song, you know, you, you have your riff, but then you can go deeper into the riffs with the seconds and thirds and fourths and really try to, it, it's really a blend. It, and anyone who says that mixed martial arts isn't an art is out of their mind. And I just love how you just embrace living. There's so many people that cry over spilt milk while your neighbor's in a coma. You know, it's it's a crazy world that we're living in right now, and you are just one of these spirits that I connect with on on so many different levels of an open mind, not caught up into you know a traps agenda where you're basically a slave. All these people who have jobs and they're making money, you're still a slave unless you have an open mind. Now, when you were young, you decided to actually. Um, be homeless by choice. Uh, what changed right there in that moment that made you make that decision? Let's start right there with uh, your story. Well, truth is, nothing's changed that much. I still camp out and save money towards land. Um, <laughs> I've been working in Alaska. Um, I've got about 50 grand saved up from uh, not spending any of it on rent and camping out. Uh, Laguna Beach and I started going back to 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu I've been taking robotics classes at the Makerspace and I'm hoping to compete in Eddie Bravo's grappling tournament get good enough to compete at that level and give it another try that would be pretty fun it'd be a break from flying knees and crow cop head kicks <laughs> to do uh, open hand strikes Jiu Jitsu I would really love to give it a shot and get that in the robotics and uh, Tony Stark, John Connor level gardens up with the robotics to regulate the temperature and humidity for the mushrooms on the Arduino. 
got lion's mane mushrooms, all different species of them. And there's mutualistic fungi that help the plants and everything. So I'd really love to work on all of that. But the best answer I have for your question is not a whole lot's changed since then. Um, I'm still doing the same thing, camping out, saving money towards land. Um, since after I haven't been competing actively for a while, I'm still trying to practice the art of everything. Um, I hate trends and pop culture where you categorize things as like chi energy or whatever. Instead of just uh, the art of everything, like the concept of Jeet Kune Do, the style of no styles, the energy of God's universe and limitless creativity and the true spirit of innovation and freedom now I- and education. It's very important that you brought up the the mushroom aspect of things because, you know, I don't know how many of our listeners here have seen Avatar, but if you have seen Avatar, then you know what the tree of life is. Now, apparently, there's been some studies that, that have been done where they've proven that there's an entire underground network of fungi that connects with all different sorts of plants that all all connect to like one mind that make decisions. You know, I interviewed Robert Emerson not too long ago and we were talking about uh, the emerald tablets and this and that and they were saying, you know, the reason they, they call a dog a man's best friend is because back in the day, a dog, if you got poisoned within 20 feet of that poisonous plant is the cure and the dog was able to sniff it out but i don't know if uh, a lot of my listeners are into dmt or taking acid but there's something that happens there where you know your pineal gland they, they call it your third eye you open up to this whole different world and you embrace everything like you were just saying um you know we are just we have one ticket on this ride, right? And we just got to embrace it all. I don't want to f- settle for a safety net, but going back to fungi, they've been doing a lot of studies on it with helping people who have schizophrenia, helping with depression. And they're even saying now that they believe mushrooms and fungi are actually originally uh, the first aliens here on earth. Yeah, um, I'm open-minded to all that stuff, but I figure um, the aliens wouldn't want us dwelling on them as much as bettering ourselves and being someone that they want to hang out with if they are here. Um, The mushrooms, it is interesting to see, like, all the possible, like, how they could be better than the pharmaceuticals. I was actually just watching a SciShow on it on YouTube, and I love the guys that do SciShow give a shout out to them and the ones that do seeker and antoine does some great uh astronomy shows to tell us what they're learning about dark matter dark energy and the final parsec problem with the supermassive black holes and all the latest spectroscopy and everything and that stuff's really great learning about uh the inventor of inventors multiverse um the different i'm interested as well in like the fungi and how they all work together the one brain you're talking about i've heard of that i'm not sure if that is exactly the mutualistic fungi which takes some nutrition from the roots that they need and in turn they break down the nitrogen triple bonds for the uh, plants to be able to use them and be nourished by them which they need to survive because the mutualistic ones are really cool. I'm a little bit rusty on that because I've been studying so much stuff. 
it'd be really cool to talk to one of those agriculture people. I want to do the uh, garden next with the Arduino, so I'll probably know more about it and be less rusty about it then. But the mutualistic fungi, those might be the same thing as the whole brain, or there might be more facets to it. Because I know that fungi, um, the mycelium's made out of chitin, which is the same thing that bugs, exoskeletons are made out of. Oh, wow. Which is really cool. And there's theories that they might be able to build buildings from mycelium that would be really cool. If they could get the science down, and they're doing a lot of work on the space station. Um, with testing mycelium and different fungi and growing different plants in space, and which is really cool because you, I guess you'd have them in water or something because there's no gravity. Hydroponics or aeroponics. I would think aeroponics would be the best, but they're doing all different stuff with it. China, they say, was the first to grow stuff on the dark side of the moon. It was all wow. uh, automated. Yeah, you know what they said that uh, on the space station there was actually fungus growing on the on the windows out there, which is actually pretty crazy. I mean, how do, how do you think the the multiverse fascinated you so much? Because it's been such a huge fascination once the Mandela effect came out. I know that's like one of the huge trends, and people are just blown away from what they now everything we get confused about. Oh shit, the Mandela effect. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really quite interesting, and I think it's opening a lot. Like this this generation that we're in, we have such an open mind. I mean, legalizing marijuana and then doing studies with this and that. I mean, it's been going on for a while secretly. They're even talking of releasing videos of uh, alien crafts. But you know, what what do you think the most important thing about? You know the you know the multiverse is that caught your attention that made you really believe in a multiverse and then i'll tell you what my answer is well it's um it's an amazing universe um i love uh i just love the whole thing of uh the beauty of life on this planet with the gardens and everything gardens romance everything really beautiful and amazing with uh human life and then uh, the unique gift that humans have to be able to make telescopes and microscopes and uh, explore and learn about uh, the inventor of inventors, artwork and universe, all these different neutron stars. I'm a big fan of neutron stars. My favorite kind of neutron star is a magnetar. It's the strongest known magnet we've ever discovered in the universe yet, hundreds of billions of Teslas. And it's a really special kind of neutron star. And they think the colliding neutron stars, instead of forming a black hole, they might have formed a magnetar, which is a fast spinning neutron star with a special magnetism. That's my, one of my favorite, uh, my favorite stars we've discovered, or type of star so far. But the James Webb Telescope is supposed to see 100 times more than the Hubble. And it's in position. They launched it to where it goes, way farther out than the Hubble. And it's uh, got to freeze to near zero for the perfect spectroscopy. And it should be ready midsummer. And when they freeze it to near zero, stuff gets really strange. It's called the Bose-Einstein condensation. And uh, all of the matter enters a fifth state where it starts acting like one mega particle, more like a wave than a particle. And they can slow light to one degrees. 
So it gives them like the best view on the reflections and the spectroscopy where you get the different wavelengths on the periodic table and tells us what the stars and everything are made out of. And it was a really great discovery by Dmitry Mendeleev, the periodic table. And that spectroscopy was discovered when they combined the Bunsen burner with the prism and were able to identify the different elements with it, the first ones. That was uh, Robert Bunsen, who made the Bunsen burner, and uh, Gustav Kirchhoff suggested he use a prism, which Isaac Newton used to uh, separate the colors of white light and show how the electromagnetic spectrum works. So all that stuff's just uh, really beautiful and amazing to be able to learn about the inventor of Inventor's Universe and uh, that light is an electromagnetic wave propagating space, the three and one. Uh, there was a time when they thought electricity and magnetism and light were all separate until Michael Faraday came on the scene and proved how they're all connected. And they didn't believe him on the last part until James Cock Maxwell read all his books and came to his rescue with the mathematics to prove it. You know, was that, does that have anything to do with the string theory? Uh, string theory, they're searching for cosmic strings, which would be really big ones, topological defects. But there's a difference in uh, cosmological strings and super strings. Now, I can't exactly tell you what that is yet. Um, the next interview, I might be able to be more rehearsed and uh, watch what my favorite smart people explain to us about how they work. So I think I know strings. I think I know what you were just talking about. They sent a light particle through a piece a piece of cloth, I believe, and it split into um like a hundred different directions and then they put another cloth behind that and then that split off. Is that is that now that's particle wave duality. Okay. So that's like the double slit experiment where they say there's particle wave duality. Um, that the light acts like a photon sometimes where it knocks the electrons off the plates of metal and causes the photoelectric effect which solar panels use it's not that they turn the light directly into energy it's that it knocks the electrons off of the titanium atoms like a water wheel where the electrons go down um, so light acts like a photon and it acts like a wave um, which is really strange and an electron does as well um, and Bose-Einstein condensation, they start doing it on a bigger scale where you freeze them to near zero and it makes, they've made it up to the size of a grain of sand from what wow. I understand, where they make like one connected wave and particle. And then they got superposition where the particles are entangled and China, they say they've entangled a particle all the way like out to space um, from the earth where you change the spin of one and the other one instantly reacts. Wow. Yeah, that, 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 that's absolutely insane. I think it's 230 million miles away to the moon. 200, something crazy like that. That's that's absolutely insane. When talking about the multiverse and different dimensions, uh, you know Schroding, uh, Schrodring, Schrodinger's cat, correct? Yeah, Schrodinger's cat in the box is the great equation of it. Can you, you explain have a cat that? In the box and can you explain that? Uh, the cyanide's gonna go off and kill the cat at a random time. You don't know what time. So until you open the box, the cat's dead and alive in the box. And they say electrons exist in a probability cloud in the same way. Until we observe the electron, it's like the cat in the box. You don't know if it's dead or alive in this place or that place. 
it's the Heisenberg uncertainty principle that you can't measure particles, position, and momentum simultaneously. It's either one or the other. So as soon as you observe it, um, like there's electron clouds around an atom. You've got the inner electrons, you've got the valence electrons, and they all make these neat pictures on the way that's helpful for us to understand. But in reality, we can't tell that the electron's in an exactly place. It's in a probability cloud. So that's what I know of uh, Schrodinger's cat, that it's to explain that. Because I, you know, I love watching those videos of people that think they have slipped into parallel universes. There's even photos of, uh, you know, people from the past wearing different types of clothes. There's people that said that they've been working on time uh, travel. There's people that do meditative states where they, I forgot the name of it. There's actually an amazing movie called uh, The Men Who Who Stare at Goats. Did you ever see that? Uh, yeah, yeah, the naive believe everything, but the sensible consider anything's possible. So that'd be my best advice I have on it. So when it comes to energy and thoughts, one time I found myself in a really deep trip where I was questioning everything. I was questioning how I was reacting, why I was reacting to different things, um, you know, conversations, why I knew what I was going to say next. Was it the right thing that I was supposed to say? How, how do you... How do you go about your day to keep peace of mind? Because I found myself in a state of, I felt like a robot in a way. Like I felt like everything was already played out for me. I knew how I was gonna react to this before it even happened. How do you start your day fresh? Because every day is a new day. How do you start your days and how do they differ? Well, being productive helps me a lot. I think, um Going to the gym helps a lot, doing my cardio. Um, still waiting for my happily ever after to meet a nice girl and get land. I saved a lot towards it, but going to the gym, also going back to the 10th Planet community has been uh, really missing from my life. So that's been really great. With Eddie and, Bravo. Uh, studying and doing my homework. I love going to the robotics classes at the Makerspace. Because now that I'm getting older, like a lot of the time, social situations can be pretty strenuous for me. Because a lot of the time we just talk about the same bullshit instead of uh, anything we're really learning or doing productive in the Hero of Heroes Kingdom. It must, um, it, it must but be. But all that stuff helps a ton. And good, uh, good diet too vegetables and berries and exercise and oxygen. People are learning nowadays that it's healthier to eat locally because even my, like I have a bunch of pet rats and they're extremely picky. It's as if they know what what to eat and what not to eat. What I think is delicious, they'll look at it and be like, <coughs> there's something in there that, that's choking me up. I cannot eat that. Like they know ahead of time. It's very interesting how much of a relationship we have with everything around us between plants between animals and, and things like that. And you've, you've had the, uh, the honor of, you know, training over at 10th Planet with Eddie Bravo. And Eddie Bravo even said, you're the most open-minded MMA fighter who's ever lived or will ever live. You have this negative 1,000% ego and you moved into 10th Planet 
over there. What were some of this, uh, the conversations that you've had with Eddie Bravo? Because uh, well, Eddie Bravo is just such a great guy and sensei and coach. The truth is, he gives me more credit than I deserve. But um, I mean, everyone has an ego to a certain extent. We're all just trying to figure out life. Um, but Eddie Bravo is the best. I would say he's the most egoless and uh, the best teacher. Um, once I, I met him at a seminar and I went to train with him and like I wanted to buy a private lesson from him because I was really stoked on all the 10th planet like newer moves and the hottest new stuff and he just showed me it for free and uh, bought me dinner on the way to take me to the airport oh wow <laughs> he's like a real life Mr. Miyagi <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Eddie's Eddie's uh, one of our favorites, and he's another guy I would just love to sit in a room. I'd love to be a fly on the wall just to hear what you guys would be talking about. And when it comes to you talking about having no ego, it's weird because you're a fighter with you know almost 60 fights. I think you have like 55, 56 fights all together. You have, uh, you've trained with some of the best. You've beaten like Thal's Lays, uh, Jason Lambert, Mike Pyle. You have fought for Bellator champ for IFL, UFC, um, you know, you even fought um, the now UFC champion, Glover Teixeira, and I think it's like second fight, and for you to say, um, you know, you don't really have much of an ego, I find that so interesting, uh, as, as you being a fighter, because... Well, ego's a trippy word, um, I want to be true to say that I don't have any ego, I'm human like everyone, um, but that comes from the Greek word uh, ego, which means I am, which, of course, uh, was really sacred to the Jewish people. It meant the great I am for the for God, the inventor of inventors. But uh, it's in a verse, ego e me eodos, where uh, Jesus says I am. And um, I don't know if uh, I don't know necessarily if all ego is bad. Like uh, you don't want to be too humble, where you don't get anything done, and say, "Oh, I can't do anything." But um, also, the ego can be a snare for people a lot of the time um, to be distracted from like the whole picture and uh, being more open-minded to it. Now, when we talk about ego, there's a good ego and a bad ego, as if you were saying. A bad ego is somebody like Conor McGregor where, and I'm not saying bad or negative, but you have to, I believe Mike Tyson said he had, a, or not Mike Tyson, uh, Muhammad Ali said, I had to believe I was a champion before I, be, before I be, could become a champion. Well, Conor McGregor makes a lot of money um, acting like a jackass rock star. And I'm a big fan of all the fighters. He won the belt in two weight classes. No one can take it away from him. If Conor McGregor hears the uh, interview, I'll say, just kidding, tall bro. I mean, Conor McGregor never makes any mistakes. <laughs> always acts like an honorable champion. So but, um, the difference... it's always easier to say about famous people. Um, but I wish Conor McGregor and all those guys the best. I mean, they all deserve to win and get things. I'm a big fan of everyone. But I think Khabib and his guys are on a different level because instead of acting like jackass rock stars, throwing chairs at buses, doing immature stuff, they have, like, one honorable wife that treats them like a champion. There you go. And they just focus on training and kicking ass. And that's uh, paid off for Islam and Habib and all of those guys. They are... Uh, they're on a different level of focus and discipline. 
Now, when I was talking about positive ego, I wanted to get towards you with your walkout uh, that I really connected with one time. You said it was an Eddie Vedder song where you came out and I could feel the live living energy. It was, it was coming off of you so hard all the way through the TV that it gave me goosebumps. You could tell you were in the moment. And people say that, you know, people who have trained with you, uh, you know, you like to talk while you're moving around like oh you're doing this well now i'm gonna do this kind of like what bass rootman used to do it's it's actually like you're one of the most beautiful fighters uh mentally and it's going back to what bruce lee said where it's just you kind of just flow like water um i i think you have one of the most positive energies uh were you always like that uh no no uh I don't think anyone besides Jesus is really always like that. Um, but, I mean, it's great to be a student. And, uh, uh, the best people that perform the best in anything are the best students. Now, there's been so um, many stories like about... Some people will say, oh, you're a follower if you're learning from someone. But the truth is, everyone's a follower and a leader sometime. It's just, you got to choose wisely who you want to learn from. If I want to learn jujitsu, I'm going to go to Eddie Bravo, not some uh, drunk guy that thinks he knows everything. <laughs> yeah. So when it when when it comes to you, you know, you've had plenty of friendships with Mayhem Miller. How did you meet Mayhem Miller? I met Mayhem Miller back when I was training in Las Vegas, and I went to the UFC with Matt Lindlin and Randy Couture when oh, wow. I was on Team Quest, and um. So I went to Mark Lehman's gym because he was one of the uh, hot senseis to learn jujitsu from. And uh, I learned uh, a little bit about the Darst Choke. I'm still not great at the Darst Choke. Um, Got to work with Tony Ferguson. I was The Malibu lean seems to shut it down pretty good now. I'll, I'll have to see if it shuts it down with the best Darst guys. But anyway, that's where I met Mayhem, and we we're going through the store line, and that was an interesting spectacle. Uh, meathead young fighters going to the grocery store, figuring out how to get through the line. Now it still is just being older. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy because Mayhem was one of my very first idols. You know, when I was growing up, I loved baseball, basketball. I loved Derek Jeter. I loved Roger Maris. But when I when I saw Mayhem Miller, he was somebody I felt like I could connect with, somebody different because you know, my whole life I always felt like a misfit, but he made it fun. And he actually, I give him a lot of credit for growing mixed martial arts to where it is today. Even helping Ariel Hawani get his uh, green card to be able to come work in the United States. And I, I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. I would love to see a movie on Mayhem Miller. Um, you, you actually got to spend some time with him in Russia. And I saw you guys training out in the middle of the cold one day. Um, you know, you, you, you train out in the, in the rain, you train out in Russia. Where's your favorite place that you've been in the world that you'd recommend uh, any listener or any, anyone out there to go visit that you thought was beautiful? Uh, it'd be hard to pick one place because I'd pick a couple for different reasons. Um, Poland, I really love the people. They're beautiful, strong, hardworking people. The women are beautiful and amazing. Um, 
Brazil, I really like because I got to swim with the Amazon River Dolphins. Wow. The morning after the Talos latest fight, um, me and uh, Gima from King's MMA, uh, my coach and corner there, we went and uh, hung out with the natives that take the tourists to see the river dolphins and the Amazon River wildlife. So we got to pet them and take pictures with the dolphins and everything that are freshwater ones. They don't live in saltwater. Wow. We didn't see the big pink Botohosa ones, though, so I guess that's still got to be on the list, I think. Now, we saw river dolphins nonetheless. I watched a very, very interesting documentary about dolphins and how there's been so many studies that even made a dolphin mansion at one point where they were trying to understand if aliens came to the earth, how would we link language with one another? And they came to realize that dolphins are actually extremely smart and can communicate very well with one another. And they also can kind of communicate with humans as well. And there was a study done in the 70s, I believe, where it was shut down because um, I, I think they were just taking a lot of acid trying to connect with these dolphins. And the woman who was uh, taking care of a lot of them was actually having sex with the dolphins, which to me, I almost feel like it was it was kind of like a necessary thing to do if you're that deep into the study of it. I would question if it was the dolphin war. Because <laughs> <laughs> dolphins get a big testosterone sometimes. You know, so... I've seen that. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the dolphins are my boys. <laughs> people if take the good dolphins were here, I'd say, just kidding. I mean, the dolphins never do that. <laughs> So, you know, dolphins are one of the most intelligent animals on the planet, and yet we can't even decode any other species of animals out there, which I find so interesting. There's people talking about flat earth. There's people talking about uh, hollow earth theory. Do you believe in any of that? Uh, not really. Um, anything's possible. I can't prove or disprove it. But I have been up in an airplane, and it was dark out already, and the sun went down. And when I went up in the airplane going to England, I saw the sunset again, which to me would imply it went behind a ball. Now, my friend Rockwell swells up and down. It's the convergence lines that you can see something far away. I can't really prove or disprove it. Um, I think it'd be hard to trick all the smart people to, that devote their lives to it, like on a lot of these conspiracy theories. But as far as like the whole thing with uh, all the media fear and division, like I don't buy into any of that. I don't even watch it. I'd rather just focus on the Bible and what we're learning about the universe, spectroscopy and our radiometric dating. I believe all that science, but I don't believe those knuckleheads at the pharmacy. They're the same ones that'll take the fat out of milk and think they know better than God and then say the fat's good for you. So, oh, duh. Well, you, and replace it with margarine. So obviously you believe in, in energies and in, in, in all forms and shapes around us everywhere. What do you think happens when, when we pass away, when uh, our heart stops beating? Do you believe our energy is still there, still present? What's your belief in, in uh, afterlife? Well, the truth is I don't really know. I believe in the Father, Son, and Spirit the true spirit of freedom and innovation and courage. Um, 
as far as what happens exactly after we die, I don't know. I've been focusing on living life while I'm here and trying to come back better every day than yesterday and reinvent. And, and it's been a challenge sometimes after MMA. I mean, I think Mayhem Miller showed how much of a challenge that can be. I don't know how that ninja can't stay out of jail. Yeah, man. I, I, like but if I, he gets out and here's the interview, I'll say, just kidding, tall bro. I mean, <laughs> Jason Mayhem Miller never makes any mistakes and always is an upstanding citizen. So I'm guessing you know Adam Hunter, right? From uh, MMA Roasted, May Mayhem, very close with, right? Oh, uh, who? Uh, Adam Hunter from uh, MMA Roasted that Mayhem did a, a show with. I think he was even living with him for a while. But, um, you know. Oh, yeah. He was living with him? Oh, that's cool. I, I, so, well, something well, like that. But it's like. You have so many good people in your life. It's hard. Like, I've gone through so many friendships where you kind of grow apart from somebody. And it's 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 really but hard. The truth of the matter is, Jason Mayhem Miller, like, he's a reasonable, rational person when he's sober. But, um, like, um, a lot of us, like, all of us aren't rocket scientists when we get drunk. I mean, let's be honest, of old fighters. But some of us are better at staying out of jail than others. Like, I choose not to drink as often as possible because it's just going to be dumb and not really help what I'm doing. But um, I can be drunk and stay out of jail as a general rule. Um, my boy Mayhem Miller, not so much, I would say. <laughs> so I want to ask a couple more questions here. You know, I've listened to Chael Sonnen's podcast for so long, which you know, you know Chael pretty well. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Chael's my boy as well. I trained with him a long time at uh, Team Quest, and he's one of the people that still give me a shout-out anytime he gets a chance on his podcast, and I always appreciate that someone tells me about it. What's your favorite story about Chael Sonnen? Because he's an interesting guy. Yeah, Chael Sonnen is great. He did awesome in his career. Chael Sonnen's a bad motherfucker. He choked out uh, Shogun Hua, who was a legend in Pride. And um, my favorite Chael Sonnen story was when Don Fry was with us at the, uh, at the IFL. And I was getting really hungry. And we were waiting and waiting and waiting for one of these uh, uh, press conferences. And it's, everything's late in the cameras. And Chael says, uh, I dare you to go and tell Don Fry you heard he's getting sandwiches because his employment with the IFL is in danger. So I went and told Don Fry that Chael Sonnen uh, said he was going to get us sandwiches. And he said, what? Who said that? And I said, uh, Chael Sonnen over there. And Chael got up and said, second thought, I'll go and get up and went walking up. Gotta love that. Gotta love that, man. And, and you know what, Matt? You've, you've been such a legend. You said you want to get back into doing some jujitsu. Are you just completely done with mixed martial arts would you do you know muay thai with lion fight uh what's the future for you here in 2022 i don't know it depends i'd like to do the grappling tournament because i've always been better at jujitsu and uh if i can work with the coaches at 10 planet and continue to be a student of the game and get good enough to even place to compete in it um, it's too light, this one. It's like 170, and it was hard for me to make 185. So I was thinking I tried the heavyweight, the biggest, scariest, toughest guys first. And they put me on the opposite side of the bracket as the boogeyman, since he's our teammate and he's no joke in jujitsu. 
he's the best at it. And um, if I can't win the heavyweight class, then I try the light heavyweight. Then if I can't try win that, I try my own weight class. It'd be really cool if I could win all three of them and be like the Henry Suto of jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Do you think they should open up more weight classes, like 165, as they've been pushing for? Because weight cutting uh, is pretty dangerous. In the, and the Eddie Bravo Invitational Jiu-Jitsu? No, in, in the UFC, they've been pushing for 165-pound weight class. I don't know. Um, I won't complain if there's another chance for another champion to win a belt, because all those guys work really hard and deserve a shot at winning the belt. And if you put a couple weight classes more, it's going to give a couple uh, people a chance to be a champion and get what we all wanted to do better than I did. So, yeah, I'm for it. So I got... But I'm not going to say Dana White should jump on it right this instant. Of course. But yeah, it would be pretty cool. So I got a couple more questions here. Um, you know, you had a couple of canceled bouts that I really want to see. One with Tim Kennedy, one with uh, Ricardo Almeida. If there was one fight that you could get back, uh, you know, even a loss, what would it be? Um, if I had a chance to fight anyone and try again, um, you know, I always, uh, I always got beat up by Jamal Patterson and uh, I'll give a shout out to Jamal Patterson cause he didn't get like, uh, as much of the recognition he deserved in MMA. And he was always the worst matchup for me. I mean, he was good and athletic and he's a good fighter, but I always felt like I had kind of a mental block the two times I fought him and got beat up. And it was at light heavyweight. And I did really good and won the belt at middleweight. But I would uh, pick giving that another try. Not, anything, not any animosity to Jamal for uh, getting the two wins, just that I felt like I had a mental block on it. And he was really good, a solid uh, solid competitor. So that'd probably be the one I'd pick. When you try say... it a third time, <laughs> see if I, could not, if I could do my best performance. When you say mental block, what, what, what exactly do you mean by that? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say exactly what my problem was on the two fights with Jamal. Um, fear of failure, fear of success is a tricky thing. And uh, I'm not even going to make believe I know all the answers. I would just like to try a third time and see if I could finally do a good performance. <laughs> So another thing I got to say to you, man, is that everything that you have done throughout your career, I would love for you to write a book. Is, is that something that uh, you, you, you would think about doing or poetry, uh, release some of your poetry? I would love to write a book um, and get back into writing. It's just uh, I kind of wanted to get something up live life instead of writing about it. Like I wanted to do the stuff at the robotics class get some robo gardens and uh some tony stark john cotter level stuff with the jujitsu and mma and uh show the kids old fighters didn't get too old to kick ass and learn something new see if i can do the grappling tournament again you keep bringing up this robotics class i might have to have someone to help me write the book like an assistant or something what? maybe when i find my happily ever after and a nice girl or one of my friends that wants to help me write the darn book. <laughs> well, here's the thing with me. I mean, I just got out of a relationship 
not too long ago. It's, it's, it's so much better for me right now to have a peace of mind. I felt myself getting distracted, this and that. Now I'm back doing the podcast, doing what I love to do, talking to some of my favorite fighters. Um, you know, you don't, you don't know what the future has in store, you know? Um, you know, we get drugged by all these Disney fairy tales that, you know, tell us that there's one true Prince Charming out there, but with all these apps and the new generations and the hookups, it's hard for people to stay committed. Uh, why do you think that? Last question. Uh, that's true. I mean, it's just, uh, it's hard in general. Um, I mean, there's been the pros and cons of every generation. We, we enjoy a lot of freedom now and a lot of good things that the heroes have won us and the hero of heroes. And our biggest problem with it is complacency and uh, limitless freedom to do stupid things with our time. And I think that goes into like uh, the marriages failing and everything. Like you see guys like Habib and the really disciplined fighters over there that aren't acting like jackass rock stars like Conor McGregor. And you see it in their performance. Um, so I would say that was that's a big thing that they do differently than we do a lot of the time or that they do better if I'm honest about it. So you think it's an American thing? Because I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, in America, like, we've had a great history of heroes that have won us a lot of freedom, and now we can be pretty dumb with it. And I agree. Cast rock stars and be dumbed down by pop culture. And uh, there's a lot of stuff to keep us stupid in, here in America. There's the pop culture... There's the news to keep everyone scared, stupid, and divided. True. Um, the Zeke guys. So I would say that's a lot of the main factors. I mean, I wouldn't blame it all on the social media or internet. I'd be more likely to blame it on that. I mean, the, the, the interesting thing about the social media is that it gives a lot of people more of a voice to weigh in on their own opinions. And have it, if you have an open mind, you know, you can you can easily read somebody's story or this or that and see it from a different perspective. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot more coverage out there, but then there's the downside of it as well. So it's going to be interesting seeing where this future goes. Last question, Matt. Do you think we we're in a simulation? Uh, it depends on what we define as a simulation. Um, I would think it'd be hard to simulate like hunger and when we want to eat and everything. But um, like in a dream, I can feel pain or hungry. That's true. That's I mean, true. I can't prove that I'm not in a coma and this isn't a dream of what my life would be like. Or I can't prove we're not all dead in parallel universes a bunch of times and God allows us to go on living giving us another chance to get it right and his limitless creativity. Thank you. You never know. Thank you so much, Matt. This was such an interesting uh, interview. And uh, I actually wrote a song for you that I'm going to put in after we wrap this up. And I hope you enjoy it because uh, you really inspired me uh, going back through your career, watching your fights, seeing who you are as a person. I think there needs to be a movie on you. I would love for you to release some poetry. And... Uh, uh, oh, are you still playing guitar, Matt? Or no? Is that have you given up? You on know, it? I'm not playing guitar as much. I was playing it just because it's therapeutic. I mean, mm. I'm not. I can play some good Beethoven songs and stuff. I was wow. learning, but I can't really tune it or anything. 
I'm friends with a lot of good musicians. I'm friends with Danny Lahner from Nine Inch Nails. Wow. Even though he doesn't respond that much now, I think maybe the Hollywood uh, Hollywood Illuminati Illuminati got him or something. <laughs> we might have to look into that. I'm going to message Ron Bumblefoot about it. Because <laughs> my boy Ron Bumblefoot, he played for Axl Rose on Chinese Democracy, and Satriani recommended him to Axl Rose. Wow. So if Satriani recommends him, that pretty much says it all. That kid can shred. You believe in the and Illuminati? You believe that there there's one one control? Uh I don't know if I believe in any specific thing. I believe there's uh life is good, warring against evil, and there's a lot of stuff to keep us stupid with the media and I everything. Agree. Agree a hundred percent, Matt. Thank you so much for this interview. What I like to do at this point is hand the mic over to you. If you have any shout outs, anything at all, social media, anything that you want our listeners to check out. You, you brought something up before about sci-fi. Um, the mic is now all yours. Well, well, I don't know. I guess I'd have to give a shout out to uh, Eddie Bravo and uh, Chael Sonnen. And uh, all the heroes and champions and warrior princesses and dolphins and puppies and uh, birds and hummingbirds and crows. Someone's going to be pissed off. I forgot them. Everything we know and don't know about and God's multiverse and the neutron stars and magnetars and flower hat jellyfish. Oh, Matt. And I the river dolphins. I wanted, and narwhals. I wanted to ask you one more thing. Uh, what's a good Bruce Lee movie I could check out? I would say for all the martial arts films in history, Enter the Dragon would be my favorite. Um, it had so many good uh, people that Bruce Lee got uh, in, got their careers going. Bob Wall was a great bad guy in it. Uh, God bless and rest in peace. He just passed on. And Bolo Yang was in it as well. And I forget the brother's name that was in it that was uh, ended up having a really cool career. Um had the sexy afro and everything but there was just uh enter the dragon had so many characters in it and, and uh great story and fight scenes that'd be the one i'd pick of all those movies i'll definitely check it out now before you go i would like to ask you to just say hey guys it's matt horwich and you're listening to pure evil mma this is matt horwich and you're listening to pure evil mma god bless the multiverse heroes and champions and river dolphins and beards beaked whales and narwhals thank and flower hat jellyfish and neutron stars and magnetars thank you so and, much matt all right thank you um look forward to talking to you again have to remind me about trying to write up some stuff for a book yeah, I would love to see some of your poetry, for sure. And definitely check out the song I wrote for you. Uh, after we wrap up this interview, I'll, I'll be plugging it in here for you. Okay, yeah, send me it. I'd love to check it out. All right, God bless, Matt. All right, God bless the multiverse. Champ level stuff another round. Reinvent every day. Learn something new and go all the way. I go love to that. With good attitudes when we're 90 in the multiverse. God bless. Later, champ. Wow, that was everything I wanted it to be. Now, I wasn't trying to cut him off at all right there. It's just, uh, you know, I didn't know if he was going to stop talking uh, with, with the shout-out there. I would love to get him back on. I know he's waiting for a bus right now that he had something to do. 
wasn't trying to rush him off here, but actually, I wrote Matt Horowitz a song, and let me see if I can get this live. I mean, I'm going to kind of try to freestyle it for you guys, so... Uh, enjoyed this episode of pure evil on may interviewing matt horwich there was my little song for him guys subscribe down below check out my ufc 272 recap show which i released last night it's on itunes spotify stitcher podbean megaphone.fm a uh, huge shout out to Matt Horowitz. Um, those are the fighters I love interviewing. Almost 60 fights. What a career that this man has had. And to think that uh, 
you know at one point in his life he had love and he's lost it that makes me so sad because Matt is such a special person and has a beautiful mind I would love to see a movie about him and mayhem I would love to see a book written about him I would love to see a documentary because a lot of people could look at somebody like Matt Horwich and just think he's a crazy Hollywood guy chasing a dream. But if you sat down with him, if you saw Matt Horowitz at a Burger King, you wouldn't think this man had the life story that he's had. He's a true legend. He really is. He is living life, embracing life, looking for the positive sides in everything. And I think that's very important to find peace of mind. It's very important to stay motivated. Uh, as you guys know, I've talked a lot about uh, my depression, how hard it is for me to wake up, get going, get moving, uh, believe in myself, have confidence. And it was interesting talking about ego. There's a, a, a good ego, uh, there's a negative ego. And if you go back to you know, his IFL walkout, which we were talking about that gave me chills, he walked out to Eddie Vedder and you know Matt started crying his eyes out man he's living in the moment you don't know what tomorrow brings there's people out there that have no eyesight they can't even see these beautiful colors these uh, there's, there's people out there that can't hear these beautiful vibrations that music has we need to count our blessings. Uh, right now, my cousin Tiffany's father, uh, not to leak any like personal information, tried to end his life a couple of months ago and survived. Now, a couple days ago, and ended up having a brain aneurysm. Ended up having a brain aneurysm. Now he's on life support. They're wondering if they should pull the plug. He'll never be the same again. You need to embrace life for what it is. Have an open mind. Find things that interest you. We got a time limit. We got one ticket to ride this so-called thing of life. Make it interesting. Love yourself. And remember, without evil, there's no purity. White Knuckles to the end. Follow me on Twitter at evil under dash echo. That's E-V-I-L underscore E-C-C-O. All the links for the show will be down below. YouTube.com slash pure evil MMA. Make sure to hit that notification bell. It will alert you the second that I go live. Hope you enjoyed it. Guys, White Knuckles to the end. And remember, without evil, there's no purity. Behave yourselves.